Hey, this is Heather Kiefer, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up? Seven Deuce Trace here on the Moto X Pod Show. What's up? We're back with another week of the Moto X Pod Show. This week, episode 165 with a great, great lineup. We've got Davey Coombs coming in from MX Sports and Racer X. We're going to talk about the Nationals. We've got a uh, three-time outdoor national championship mechanic and now a one-time Supercross champion. Factory Kawasaki's Brian Kranz is going to come in and discuss his first championship with Eli Tomac in Supercross and a two-time Supercross 250 lights champion, we don't call it lights anymore, do we, Scott? No, it's sir. 250 champion Dylan Ferrandis is going to come on for a little bit. Really excited about that. I want to thank our sponsors, our title sponsor, Torque One Racing, who's providing high-quality economical performance parts. Check out TorqueOneRacing.com and let them know the Moto X-Pod show sent you. Also, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants. Don't forget to use promo code MOTOX. Fly Racing, the new 2021 stuff's about to drop. Power Band Racing, a Cherubies USA, X-Brand Goggles, Williams Moto Works, all on board for 2020 and hopefully 2021. We'll start working on that pretty soon. I uh, got a special guest in tonight, Scott Thompson. What's up, dude? What's going on, man? Not much. So, yeah, we uh, we don't know each other very well, but uh, you reached out to DJ TJ, and uh, he, he hooked this thing up. So glad to have you in studio, and we're going to get to know you here in just a little bit. Um, you nervous at all about doing your first podcast? I mean, it's, yeah, a little bit, but I also feel like if there is one podcast or anything, a topic that I could do it on, I mean, it's moto for sure. Yeah. Like you said, Ray's just talking about racing. I fit that product description pretty well, so I'm, right, I'm pretty yeah. pumped, man. It's going to be it's cool. It's going to be fun, man. We, uh, we got a lot of cool stuff. I do want to mention, I was talk, telling you this off air, so uh, we have my, myself and some of our other guys on the show and some of the listeners, we're in one of the Pulpamex Fantasy Leagues. Pookie side piece, I think is what we still call it. And we had a little bit of a paid side gig going. And a bunch of the guys who won some money decided, they were like, hey, man, let's. I'm just going to donate my money. And uh, Darkside, why don't you come up with a way on the Moto X-Pod show to give it away to somebody in need. And at first, I was thinking about some of our listeners trying to figure out a contest. But then I, I remembered, uh, you know, Killian Auberson, the AJE Husqvarna Gas Monkey rider, who was recently got hurt, uh, suffering some paralysis, pretty bad shape. And uh, I reached out to Tony, the, the team owner, and what, and thanks to Daniel Blair for getting me that phone number, by the way. But what we're going to do is those of us in this particular league are going to donate our money uh, to Road to Recovery for Killian. And what I want to do is have our listeners who want to get involved and want to help support Killian contact me and um tony with aje is going to come up with some cool giveaways we're going to get some signed jerseys and whatever else he can find and to the people who donate the largest amount whatever that may be we're going to divvy up some of these prizes and you know as a little incentive to help out not that we need incentive to help these down riders so what i'd like you guys to do if you're interested in doing this email me at motoxpodshow at gmail.com 
let me know that you guys want to help out. We'll figure this out. What I'll probably have you do is PayPal me. I'll keep track of who gives the most. We'll, we'll run this thing for a couple weeks. And, you know, hopefully we can raise a little bit of money for Killian. I think from our fantasy group, it's probably going to be five $600. I don't even know for sure, which, you know, not a huge amount, Scott, but it's every dollar helps, man, for these guys that are hurt. I mean, it just shows a lot to the community and how we all kind of stick together. Kind of goes to why I'm sitting in this chair right now, just knowing people talking. And, yeah. And, it, you know, every bit, little bit helps when you're in a situation like that, I would imagine. Absolutely. I, like I said, I talked to Tony today, the team owner, um, and – he, he literally, the first, I had never talked to Tony before. Um, Daniel gave me his number and I called him and he didn't answer right away. And he texted me and I texted him that what was going on. I said, Hey, this is dark side and blah, blah, blah. This is what we'd like to do. And he said, Oh man, I was literally talking to Killian when you were calling me the first time. I uh, said, oh, Killian's man. really having a good day today. He has his ups and downs, obviously, as I think any of us would, if we were in that, that life changing yeah. position, it really, Absolutely. really scary. It sucks. Um, but he was stoked. He's like, yeah, man, I'll do whatever I can to get some stuff together. Uh, you know, he really appreciate it. He thinks Killian would really appreciate it, obviously. And he said, it's really funny, you know, like this, our community, I mentioned how our moto community comes together with stuff like this. Cause he was talking about all the people reaching out and road to recovery. And I said, yeah, man, it's just such a tight knit community. It's awesome. Because that's funny how as a team, sometimes we can't get a chain from, from a supplier necessarily, but when it comes to a rider being hurt, everybody steps up. Step up yeah. yeah. So it's really cool. Um, so we've got about 15 minutes before we get to Davey Coombs. So Scott, let's just, we'll start talking about you. We may have to pause this and come back to it. Okay. But, um, tell me a little bit about your story, man. Like, you know, how old are you? How'd you get into moto? You live here in East Texas near Swan. Yes, sir. Um, I'm 29 years old, uh, born and raised in Tyler, Texas. The only time I ever lived anywhere else was San Marcos for college. And that was about the only time in my life that I didn't race. Um, grew up around it. I think I had my first bike when I was like three, maybe four. Okay. Kind of the whole scenario. You ride the ride the bike without the training wheels. Yeah, yeah. Those things were gone. And then, you know, you get on the PW, whisk it the rattle into a fence, and then <laughs> next thing you know, you, you've been riding for 20-something years. Seems like that's what everybody does. Everybody I, whiskey throttles into a fence. How do you whiskey throttle on a 50? They're not that fast. The P-dubs, but it's, <laughs> not, it's all that loose yeah, bone marrow, man. It right. Just, <laughs> it just cranks it. Yeah, so you instantly – when did you first get into the racing? Like, what? Well, what we, how did you discover racing? Well – my dad grew up, and he family had nothing to do with it, absolutely okay. at all. They moved here when he was junior high-ish, and he became buddies with a guy named David Clyde. And David Clyde was friends with Tom Holton, whose family used to own the Honda shop for okay. in the 80s. In Tyler. Yeah, Honda shop in Tyler. Tom Holton was actually one of those guys who were like faster than lightning, personal life kind of got in his way i think okay but he they just started riding around dad had no idea what he was doing my dad was always kind of a putter yeah. and like i was like man why don't you go faster And he's like well you like coming out here don't you and i was like yeah well that's why i go that slow so i can go to work on monday so <laughs> right, it was right. it was a sunday afternoon thing you know yeah and then i just I, I just weekend warriors weekend warriors i just fell in love with it and then I've just been watching it, following it, riding it ever since, and I just, you know, once it, once that dirt's in your blood, you don't come, you don't come out. Yeah, I was literally thinking about that today because I was thinking about. Well, I was at lunch with the guys I work with who aren't moto guys at all. Most of them don't understand why you would even do anything like we do, because I've been injured and they don't get it, you know. And I was mentioning that we we're going to do this thing for this guy Killian who just got paralyzed, and I was like, you know, we had a couple bad injuries this year in our sport. A couple par- uh, Brian Moreau, uh, you know, and then even like. Um, Jacob Hayes, man, who, you know, severe fracture of his femur, I believe, and massive injuries. And a lot of guys, you know, it's just so dangerous. And it's just, I think, why do we do this? Well, because it's, it's just in our blood, and there, 
it sounds dumb yeah it literally isn't in our blood but it it's something that you really there's no other way to explain it yeah exactly live for it well and another thing is is you i don't know if you saw that crash that darren durham had where he like i didn't where he whiskey throttled over the tabletop and like the bike just completely went away i didn't know that was him yeah yeah he like got like two scratches on it and then (laughs) and then another guy goes down like and go back to someone like who um jimmy button he rolling a whoop section of right, practice, right. and so you—it's like you never know when the little things yeah. are going to happen. So you can't let those things stop you. I agree. And you but just people that don't do extreme type sports or even just racing, like you could race stock cars, right? And the people yeah. just don't get it. Yeah, and they don't unless and, you do it. And it, it, well, it is—I really freak people out when I tell them. I so every time I swing my people that have no idea about motocross, like I have to consciously know that every time I swing my leg over my dirt bike. I can be either be dead or be, you know, in a wheelchair the rest of my sure. life. And, but you don't think about that. But, but you, could, you that, have to know that it's that there. That could happen every time you get in a car. Yeah, exactly. Or, I mean, you go like, I mean, work, something could happen. I work around heavy equipment. You just never know. Or there could be a cave. Hell, I've had a cave-in happen where I can't believe I I was very lucky to live. Yeah. So, I mean, you just, yeah, like you said, you never know. Um, okay, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll we'll come back to meeting Scott, but we got to get prepared. We're doing this thing since we're not live. You guys know how it goes if you listen to the show. We're not we're we're doing things a little out of order, but we got to get ready for Davy Coombs. So you'll probably hear more from Scott before you actually hear from Davy Coombs, but real time we got to take a break. So we'll be back. All right, we're back with Scott. Uh, we we just finished our Davy Coombs and our uh, Brian Kranz interview. So you guys really don't need to know that, but I like telling you about it. So. Let's get back to Scott for a minute before we get Dylan Ferrandis on. Um, so you talked about how you got into racing, and then you race at Swan a lot, right? Yeah. Or one of our local East Texas tracks. Uh, what's like? What have you have you won many races? Like, what's your skill level? You know, what's I, your highlight? I'm a I'm a, a B guy. I'm, I'm an old B, an older B guy now. I'm kind of looking forward to the plus thirty class. That yeah. plus twenty five class well, keeps getting. I'm younger. an older C guy. <laughs> TJ always says I need to move up to the B class, but he's an idiot. So I uh, man, like I said, we were we were Sunday warriors for a while. Yeah. We would go to one race, but never did a series until I, I think my first full series I did. I was fourteen, fifteen, little nice little fifth place in the eighty five beginner class. And so, like I said, I just putted around. We'd go into the tracks. Never really put a bunch of money into it or anything. Yeah. And then uh, when I kind of started getting older and started doing it a little more on my own, and that's kind of when I started getting better. And uh, I, was, I was friends with Corey Smith, who was Brad Smith, who you all had on the show. Yeah, Brad was on a few weeks ago. Yeah, he was he was one of my good friends. Him and his and Blake were both were. I was in the middle of them. Brad was actually, okay. Brad was actually my t-ball coach. Oh, nice. I was on Corey's team. Then I was on Blake's team. And so when I started hanging out with him a lot when I was 16, 17, and that's when I really noticed that my speed started getting better because I was riding with faster guys. And I I did the thing that everybody seems to do is I tried to hang in the C class for a long time to get a couple of those wins. And I kind of got up in there and then uh, I think I would have gotten faster sooner if I had moved up. That, there's truth to that. That's what TJ always tells me is you'll you'll get better if you go ride with those guys. But and I've said I've had my argument on here many many times. But the reality is, as little as I ride, I feel like my ability maximum level has been reached for the most part. And if I go out and ride with B guys, they just leave me behind. Yeah. So I'm not learning anything. That's I'm just true. way 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 behind. 
And then and it's that doesn't do anything fun. for your psyche or anything. Now, TJ, is, I mean, well, look, TJ's an idiot. I mean, <laughs> if you, you just say it, say TJ's an idiot. I, I can't. I don't, Come on, man. TJ oh. got me here. I can't right, say you gotta, it. You got to leave. I got to go now. <laughs> no, but, no, TJ's pretty smart with a lot of things, and maybe he's partly right with that argument. But hell, really recently, I don't ever get to ride. So when I do go, I get like a two or three laps, and I suck, and I just because I don't get to ride enough. So I, I'll probably. Probably never move up to the B class, well, but anyway, that's kind of what what uh, TJ's son Dog did. He was he did the C class and it dominated, jumped. and then jumped up, and now next you know he's he's getting his money back riding pro class. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think he had a bad weekend this last weekend doing a lot of stuff. He crashed or something. Um, I haven't talked to TJ about it, but yeah, I got to keep telling Dog, man, he's got to quit crashing. He's having too many. The kid's fast, but he he just hasn't put it all together at yeah. races and well, that pro class, man. That's like that's the thing is I. Me and uh, Spencer Haynes, who I ride with all the yep. time, I probably wouldn't be able to ride if it wasn't for him because he does most of the work on my bike. Nice. Luckily, I'm having a friend like that to help yeah. me out. Um, but it's like we want to go to that next level and maybe do like the Moto Master Series and the Plus 25A class. Yeah. But, and once you get in there when you're racing for money, it's, it is a whole <laughs> yeah, different world. for sure. And, Speaking of friends that are supposed to help you work on your bikes, I have a friend that's supposed to help me put my 06 <laughs> together that I've had the parts for for about two months. But this friend... Uh, doesn't do podcasts with me anymore, and he doesn't help me with my motorcycle, and he kind of he's kind of an idiot he actually. Left you in the dust, man. Yeah, I'm not gonna give his name out, but yeah, he's kind of an idiot. <laughs> so anyway, it's, it's cool having buddies to do that stuff with. And um, what's the biggest? Like, have you won any series? Yeah, I, I, that Moto Master Series we were talking about yeah. earlier that we you were sponsoring with yep, the Cole in April. Yeah. Yep. Um, I won the two-stroke class in that. Other than that, I'm the, I'm like king of like fourth place. Oh, there you go. All right. <laughs> Any thoughts of ever trying to do a Loretta's or well, even like a Vet National once you get to that point age-wise? I, I thought so, but the thing is, is that in in the Loretta's, it's once you go into the age groups, it's all it's it's technically an A class. Yeah. So it's like it's that open y- basically. Yeah, like that year that. Uh, I think Carmichael came back and did like the plus 30 or plus 35 yeah, and yeah, just yeah. completely dominated everybody. Right. And then Mike Brown's still out there. Oh, yeah. And, and he's, he's always going to be out there. Yeah. He, he, I was just told that he was going to be at the pro challenge last year and race that vet money class. I think he was supposed to be. Yeah. Some, I don't know what happened with I that, but like, so there's guys like that, that like, I just, I'm like, I, I still kind of, I'm like half weekend warrior, half take it serious. I mean, sure. we ride all the time and I definitely feel like I'm faster now at 29 than I ever was anywhere before. Cool. I did take a break for four or five years and with school and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed that it was like a part of my life was missing. It kind of, when I didn't have moto there, I just kind of, you know, I fell into the abyss a little bit. So yeah, yeah was, I get it. I did it, that too. Yeah. It's cool, man. They, like you, when you know you have something Sunday morning, like I'm going to ride with everybody. I'm going to ride this private track or I'm going to yeah. three palms or wherever I'm going. It, 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 it really motivates you and keeps you through the week. And I noticed that I, my psyche is just better when the next that Monday, you know, you kind of sure. you do the, one of those long race weekends and then you're burned out and you're like, man, I never want to ride a dirt bike. And then Tuesday <laughs> night you're on Motosport or Rocky Mountain and you're looking up parts to get you through the next weekend. So Motosport.com. That's yeah. right. Motosport, one of the proud sponsors of the Pulp Mix wrap up show that I'll be doing tomorrow night with Jason Thomas and Connor Fields, our Olympic gold medalist in BMX. Yeah. Oh, so that's awesome. That'll be fun tomorrow night. Yeah. Motosport. Um, Appreciate you supporting those guys when you can. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So I also before we move on and we get back to some interviews, I do want to re- remind our listeners: if you can go to Patreon.com, sign up 
follow the Moto X Pod show and support the show with any way you can. You could do that. I think you could do it as little as like a dollar a month, but like five, some guys do five bucks a month, and that money, man, I just literally made a deposit or a withdrawal from the Patreon account to pay for the hotels for uh, Indiana for the 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 first national. Mm-hmm. So you guys are helping with that, and I appreciate that. And we book flights. I actually, my buddy um, from Dented Pipe Podcast, who helped out with trying to get us to go to Colorado last weekend or last weekend earlier this year. That money actually transferred over, and I use that for flights to go to Indiana, so we appreciate that. You guys go check out the Dented Pipe podcast if you uh, haven't already. But anyway, um, so what you, you've got to sit here and do a couple interviews so far, yeah. th- which they haven't heard yet. But what did you think of just the experience so far? You think it's cool? Or? Man, it's, it is awesome. I've I've always kind of – I've always been a talker. Yeah, I've always kind of – I went to, I mean, I went to have a bachelor's in marketing. Okay. So presentations and all that thing kind of always came naturally. My mom and my stepmom were both speech teachers. So the fact that I can talk probably is, is, I should be able to with that background. It's working, man. I'm sitting here looking at the uh, the software right now. I'm like, your levels are perfect. So yeah, it's good, man. I'm, yeah. I'm glad to have you in. And, uh, you know, with, with where you're, you're at talent wise and speaking wise and, I can show you a couple things with maybe editing, and we could just bump TJ right on out. <laughs> so uh, I'm not going to try to take anybody's spot, but that would it would be cool to come in. You know, have a, maybe have a recurring DJ role. DJ Jazzy awesome. Scott. Yeah, there we go. Scott, the, the new guy. I like it. If well, you can figure out how to work that box in front of you with all these cameras that are around here, man, you don't you don't want me to hit the 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 detriment button yeah the blow up button yeah that's the only thing that tj hasn't shown me yet is how to use all the cameras that he figured out for youtube yeah which he probably won't show me because then i don't need him anymore yeah he's gotta he's gotta keep those ace in the hole yeah Yeah, right exactly all right we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back well you guys will hear all the interviews we're gonna uh, jump forward and get dylan ferrandez and wrap the show up but anyway i hope you guys enjoy it and we'll talk to you soon what's up guys this is the seven juice trade out of intercom i'm here to tell you about aturbis usa for decades aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits frame guards chain sliders hand guards in 2020 they are the proud sponsors of red bull factory ktm Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you gotta do is go to AturbiusA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Moto X Pajo Senya. Hey Dad, great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal, but thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand goggles. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Brand goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm, and for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to EKSBrand.com or email DarksideMX3 at AOL.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then 
Thank you. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. All right, our first guest of the night is brought to you by Cherubies USA. For decades, Cherubies has been the leader in moto plastic accessories. With products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last, Cherubies has what you need. So visit CherubiesUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and let Brian know that the Moto X-Pod show sent you. Tonight, a Cherubies brings us from Racer X and MX Sports, the one and only Davey Coombs. What's up, DC? Hey, Darkside. Thanks for having me on finally. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a little bit. I think the last time we had you on might have been early 18. Yeah, it was. I was out in California getting ready for uh, the Glen Helen race. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been a while. It has been a while. Well... I think this I, I'm this is a good time to have you on, man, because everything is crazy right now. A uh, lot of a lot of cool stories, I think, in the moto world right now with the way things came together. Uh, first thing I want to ask you about is just look. We've always heard the stories, you know, and Mathis loves to pump it up that y'all there's this rivalry between Supercross and Motocross, but you guys really came together with Feld and seemed like, at least from the outside, like you worked together to make things w- happen the best for the industry. Well, I, that's that's well. First of all, you're right on both counts. Uh, there was uh, a rivalry for a while there, and and it kind of manifested out of uh, you know a, a big corporation, you know, and they have different ideas of you know how to grow a sport or how many supercross races there should be, or you know everyone should go race all over the world, and and then you have uh, a smaller company that's sort of grassroots oriented, and we were like, oh, we just don't want to lose what we're, we've built over the years and finally after you know a few years of back and forth we 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 came to the conclusion that one the industry is really happy with the balance uh that we have of you know basically 60 65 percent of the races are supercrosses and uh you know they they are the big stage and and we follow in their wake as uh, the the little brother that does. Uh, we might be a little older, but we are the little brother, <laughs> right? And uh, they introduce people to the sport, and we give them a place to go ride the dirt bikes, and uh, and that's worked well for a real long time. And we finally kind of came back around to that, and and you know, and Todd Gendro and David Prater, uh, who are super good guys that I've known, you know, most of my professional life. Um, they uh, came to Daytona and asked if uh, Carrie, my sister and I, and, and Roy Jansen wanted to sit down and, 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 of course, Tim Cotter and just sort of try to get back to even or, you know, try to get back to, uh, and we did. And, and, and mind you, this is the week before the shit hit the fan. Yeah. This is, this is the last race of the previous era that no one knew at that time. <laughs> And uh, and then of course you know one week later on a Friday they're pulling the plug on Indianapolis and uh, I was getting ready to drive over there you know to to go to the races but uh, we all got on the phone and and a lot of other people like the U.S. Motorsports Association and Ignite uh, up in the Midwest and uh, Daytona 
the guys at uh, uh, Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, when I say Daytona, I mean Daytona with a capital D. You know, the, the NASCAR people. Right. I understand. And, uh, and try to come up with a, 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 a toolkit uh, that would, uh, first of all, we formed a race leadership team, a task force for safe to race. And, uh, you know, we had just watched poor Clayton Miller get shut down right at the beginning of the, the James Stewart uh, Spring Classic. Yeah. Or, you know, the, the spring event they do at, at, uh, at uh, Freestone. Wortham. Yes. Yeah, Freestone. And, uh, and, and we were circling the wagons. And, and, you know, when we looked up, Supercross was circling with us. And we all knew that at that point, uh, you know, we, we needed to, to really, you know, put our money where our mouths were, so to speak. I mean, we already, you know, pledged allegiance uh, to, to help one another. And by God, they needed help. And by God, we needed help. And uh, we, we just went to work. And uh, what they pulled off in Salt Lake City, uh, there's got to be some kind of medal, <laughs> some kind of promotional sporting medal for Prater and Gendro. And, and all the folks at Bell, because as a fan and as a journalist and as, you know, an interested party, they gave us what we wanted. Uh, they gave us a, 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 a real ending on the racetrack to an extremely exciting series and, and a great expense to the company yeah. uh, and, and gave us fans in a really down time seven amazing things to watch on television and uh <laughs> agreed I, I ate it up and and uh and then all of a sudden you know it's over and uh-oh we're up next <laughs> you're right so, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and we're so gonna we, talk we, about we, that we're definitely yeah, talk- well, we had back go ahead sorry yeah. sorry we, we had backed up our, our 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 dates and and made room for them to make this this run at the finish line and even then it got delayed a couple weeks because you know it was supposed to start on may 15th and then you know there was a spike and they pushed it to uh you know the end of may and we backed up and and uh we were we were like let us know how we can help let us know what we can do and and uh they said just keep washing your hands and wear those masks (laughs) right (laughs) and uh and it and it worked out and i was i was very happy for them uh, they got a lot of work to do, you know, looking forward to 2021 and what uh, big sporting events and stadiums are going to look like moving forward because there still hasn't really been one other than what they did. Um, you know, there hasn't been a football game. There hasn't been a, uh, a baseball game. And uh, we can't do it without fans, at least not for long. So they're going to have to go to the drawing board and, and we're all going to have to keep our fingers crossed and and, and hope that um, we'll be able to start up again in January. Absolutely. And I, I love the fact that in the, all this turmoil that's going on in our world, you know, political parties against each other and races against each other, all these things that Supercross and Motocross, two of the things that we love and keeps us, our enjoyment came together. And not only that, you probably don't know this, Davey, another huge rivalry came together at Salt Lake City and that was our buddy Steve Mathis and Ricky Carmichael mended their issue. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, um, it's fantastic. That issue, that issue, that issue is worth an entire show for you guys. <laughs> you need to get Mathis on, and you need to get Ricky on. And yeah. for the hell of it, you might want to get Timmy Ferry Ooh, on. I like and, it, and, and it it involves it involves Salt Lake City, <laughs> a Supercross, 
a lapper, a shotgun, a <laughs> yes. death threat. It was, yes, yes, it, it was, does. Oh. Yeah, good stuff. So great. Um, okay, so let's talk about uh, MX Sports and the AMA Nationals. Um, you know, obviously some things are still up in the air. I think we have three dates that are, as of now, are confirmed. Uh, Iron Man, WW Ranch, and Paula, is that correct? Well, Paula is in uh, the middle of San Diego. Well, it's not in the middle. It's top of San Diego County. And we, we're looking at the headlines by the day. We're talking to the sheriff. We're talking to the health officials. We're talking to the promoter. He's talking to the, the reservation, the casino. Um, you know, our fingers are, are crossed. But, you know, I hate to keep saying that, but this is, this is the most fluid situation I've been involved in, um, you know, as far as events, that, well, hell, in life. Uh, you know, this, this sort of, you know, I, I talked to my kids about this earlier, like, you know, we're, we're getting ready to figure out what we're going to do for the rest of the summer. And my 12 year old daughter doesn't know when she goes back to school. My, my 18 <laughs> yeah. year old high school graduate doesn't know if his university is going to start up or if he's going to be taking online classes. And they're like, why, why can't they just tell us? And I, I said, guys, the virus is in the driver's seat. We're all just riding in the back and and it'll go where it wants to go and we just need to be ready and we need to do what we can to you know uh continue our way of life continue our schooling continue our sports continue and and try to just ride this thing out um right now and i had said this uh in racerhead last week we're on plan q <laughs> yeah. uh yeah. Thinking that thinking that plan C might be the one that worked. And uh it just we just keep blowing through uh different dates and whatnot. Uh as I'm you know, as I left the office this afternoon, uh yes, July eighteenth, Iron Man, July twenty fifth, WW Ranch, and we still hope to close out at Powa. Okay. Uh we are very positive that we're gonna have a race at Loretta Lynn's. Uh we had high hopes for uh, Redbud and Unadilla coming back, and then uh, their governors had changes of heart, and all of a sudden NASCAR's not even going back to those places. So it's, you know, the hard deadline that we have is we, we need to be done by the first weekend in October. Okay. That's when, you know, contracts change, people start looking towards Supercross. Some people have weddings planned. They, they have the rest of their lives to get on to. And, 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 you know, we, we decided that our window, having given up, you know, from middle of May uh, to end of August, our window is now, uh, you know, middle of July to 1st of October. And, um, and that's with the blessing of the teams and, and working with Supercross. Uh, but driving home from work, I'm not going to lie, I uh, uh, heard, you know, New reports, uh, new um, uh, increases in hot spots. And, you know, the last thing we're going to do, guys, is hold a race where someone doesn't want to be there or stands a real strong possibility of being a breakout. Um, yeah. and, and we're going to work with local health officials, and we're going we're gonna to listen to Dr. Fauci, because uh, I, I do believe in that guy. Okay. And um, try and do the best we can to, to get started and get in a – 
eight or nine race series, but if it's six, it's six. And, and I'll tell you the truth, if it starts later, don't be surprised. Um, we're, we're, we're not going to ask our teams to come out of California and come out of Florida and, 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 you know, get in an airplane and fly to the middle of Indiana if they're not really, truly comfortable doing that. Yeah, that makes and, sense. And, yeah, it, 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 it made a lot of sense two weeks ago. Right. Because we thought they would, we thought everything was good, but the last two weeks have been uh, really uh, unfortunate. Yeah, and I've been watching that too because I actually I have my flights and everything booked for Indianapolis, Indiana and uh, WW well WW Ranch I'm gonna drive to, but uh, I've got everything scheduled. I got my weekends off from work, so you know I'm I'm the least of uh, the worries probably for the world, but you know I I hope to make those races, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Scott, you had something? Well, uh, yeah. <clears throat> oh. Well, with the I, I've been seeing that the, with the fans, we're probably going to be able to come back to the nationals. With this spike, is that going to change? What are they going to? What are the nationals going to look like well, this we, year? Well, well, first of all, you know, you have to remember the difference between what Supercross was faced with and what right now basketball is faced with, and Major League Baseball, and even to some extent NASCAR is uh, grandstand seating. Uh, they're in a sort of a much smaller venue, even though a NASCAR track is massive. But when you put the people in the stands together, uh, it's really hard to social distance. Yeah. An outdoor motocross track is, for the most part, a pretty big farm. It's like a golf course, and and you know people can social distance, and you know it's it's you're not sitting on top of one another, and we have a, a lot more uh, leeway, I believe, um, and and we've been seeing that in Grand National cross country racing as well as the Loretta Lynn Super Regionals we just are about to complete. Um, if we do 50% capacity, and that's a hopeful number, given you know how many people are not going to want to get out or who aren't going to want to uh, you know, make the trip or fly or whatever, um, we'll be just fine at 50%. Uh, that's unless things change in, in the various stages of reopening. And a bunch of places just went on pause for a couple of weeks, and and uh, and that's mostly Sunbelt places. Um, the crazy thing about uh, the two most likely places are, of course, Indiana and Florida, and and there are political reasons, I think, in large part for that. Uh, the vice president is from Indiana; it's a very red state and very rural state, mm-hmm. and and they've had a, a pretty good. Um, experience so far, or maybe not just the harsh experience that other states have had with all this. And then in Jacksonville, they're getting ready to have the Republican National Convention. And, you know, they were gung-ho, and all of a sudden today the mayor said, everyone's got to wear a mask outdoors. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, and that, that that is not going to be an easy thing to do on July 25th, which is uh Two weeks from when the order went into effect. Right. So we're watching that really closely. And like I said, we, 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 that's the plan. Those are the most likely places. Those are the dates we've picked. But we're not going to put anyone at jeopardy uh, if, if we have time to back up. No, that's, you're doing the right thing. Uh, you know, as a fan, obviously, we want the races to happen almost like no matter what, right? But as a business and, uh, looking out for everybody, the athletes, the teams, the fans, everybody, that you're doing what you have to do. And uh, I, I yeah. like I like where you stand on it. Uh, you mentioned the Loretta Lynn's 
hopefully having a national there. That's really interesting. I think a lot of people have a lot of thoughts on that. Uh, some of these top top riders in the world probably have some nightmares of having to go back to this place that maybe ate them up as a kid. <laughs> I well, no, I, I, I see it differently. Okay, I, I mean they all do. They all do ultimately come back. Uh, That's true. But they they're not gonna they're not gonna ride the same track the kids are gonna ride. Uh, we we will have a, a bigger uh, Loretta Lynn's track, but the thing is, it's in the state of Tennessee, and Tennessee has been really open for for re- outdoor recreation. And since we'll all be there for the Loretta Lynn Amateur event, uh, we thought it made sense to kind of have fun with it and turn it into a homecoming race, so to yeah. speak. Um, it, it's 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 got more hills than two or three of the other national tracks. <laughs> oh, absolutely. None. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah. But that's not what makes that's not what makes a track rough. Ask anyone who was at WW Ranch last year. Oh God, uh, that was a so brutal, high. rough track, rough day. But um, but you know, right now, uh, hey, if we could go to Namur in Belgium, yeah, let's. But we we can't, and we can't go to uh, you know Zaka Station, and we might not be able to go to Unadilla. We might not be able to go to Redbud. But we got to go to enough tracks that we, we get in uh, a compelling national championship. And if we can't, then we'll have to cross that starting gate when we get to it. Yeah, it, like you said, everything's so up there, and you're just doing what you can. Uh, even, the, even the schedule, right? I mean, it seems like it's, if every race that you have on the tentative schedule happens, it's a lot of traveling. It's a lot for the teams. But I assume that's also playing part into how you know how – the the COVID's going and just trying to find dates that are open, uh, you know it's well, yeah, you're doing what you can. Yeah, and, and, and and think about the double whammy dark side that we have with the fact that uh, it's late summer and yeah, no a lot of motocross tracks, you know, um, are in the Northeast, but the Northeast is shut down. You can't go to New York or Connecticut, which is where everyone flies into Southwick, you know, to um, Hartford. Uh, you can't go there unless you quarantine for 14 days if you're coming from a state that spiked, and that's where most of our guys are, California, Texas, Florida. So um, that could change in a few days, uh, but I, I, I don't uh, personally <laughs> foresee it changing in the, in the next couple weeks, and, and that means that we might not have some of the real marquee tracks this year, and that means... You know, we're okay. Let's look in the southwest. Oh, wait a minute. We're in the dead of August, and and uh, so that's tough. So we, I I kind of feel like the, the general at Dunkirk when you got trying to figure out how am I going to get these people off the beach. Yeah. How many? Oh, three hundred thousand, and I've got a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and a hundred fishing boats. Um, no, that's it, it, we're we're going to do the safe, smart, wise thing. But we have, like I said, this is, you know, uh, plan Q. Uh, and, and right now, um, you know, we could be reeling out uh, a couple more letters of the alphabet before we get to the, <laughs> the first next start plan. Date. Yeah. Well, feel free to come through Texas. I'm sure Clay uh, or Trey at we, Swan uh, or Clayton yeah, at, at Freestone would be more than happy to throw something together. We, 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 have, we have talked to everyone from uh, Clayton to Trey to Raul, yep. uh, yeah, or Clay, sorry, not Trey, Clay, 
Um, and uh, hell, I'd, I'd go to Diamond Dons if I could get everyone to ride vintage bikes. Hey, I'm going there Sunday, uh, I think. But, <laughs> but uh, it, um, you know, we we we, we want to be here, and we want all of our people here. Yes. Next year too, and 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 we're going to do whatever we can to get this championship in for 2020. But uh, we're also looking at the big picture and looking ahead and um, hoping that, that, that we can uh, just in the end do what's best for uh, the people who make up the sport, the riders, the race teams, the fans, uh, our fellow promoters. We don't want to put someone out of business because they can't have fans at the racetrack. And, and we don't want to uh, go too far into the winter just because um, that would hurt the the supercross series next year so um can we can we talk about dylan Ferrandis or something else <laughs> yeah yeah well scott what did you well, have i then? guess before we get into dylan i just it's kind of off topic good i just kind of wanted you to compare the uh you used to work with art Ekman and david bailey and that's where i grew up watching was the only espn ones. oh yeah they, they were they, they were the, the the gold standard. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. It's so hard to match what y'all did back then. I I just yeah, kind of wanted weeds guy and yeah, I mean yeah. I love them, <laughs> man. They, nah, they don't hold a candle. I love them, but it's every it, no. Everyone has everyone has a different uh, nuance, a different um, show. Um, I was lucky enough that they before they decided that they needed a pretty girl or <laughs> you know anything like that. They're like, here, you're the pit reporter, and I'm like, what's my job? And they're like. Just say after the race, Jeremy, how's it feel? <laughs> and uh, and then when when Ricky took over, the question became, Ricky, how's it feel? <laughs> and that's all I had to do. That's all it was. So I had the easy job. Yeah. The guys now, uh, I, I I think Ricky has come a thousand miles. He, he he's really impressive. Just as Jeff Emig did uh, when he first you know got to the seat. And, and, and really worked hard. I, I, I loved having Rick and uh, Ricky and Jeff Emig in the booth with, with Ralph. Yeah, uh, I'm, cool. I'm, I'm, in, I'm incredibly fond and biased uh, to Jason Wygam and, and Grant Langston. And, uh, but, but, but I also I, I like the idea that in Supercross we sound and, and hear a certain way and Motocross we sound and hear a certain way and uh, I, you know, what, what people don't realize because we're with the same network and there's only one race on a week, it's not like football where you have different teams. You're like, oh, I really like uh, Tony Romo or I really like Phil Sims or Troy Aikman or, or, or whoever. Randy Moss is, you know, unbelievable, you know, for the NFL. But, but there are all kinds of different networks showing all kinds of different games. Good we point. get one game, one game a week and it's on NBC and, uh, you know, as, as Wygant, you know, one of his best friends, I'd love to see him do all the races. But I also know that Ralph has established a really good following. And, and you know, Ricky was in my wedding. You know, we're, we're, we're really good friends. Absolutely. But I, 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 I wouldn't want to see Langston, you know, not have a job. So I, 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 I love that they mix it up. I wish they'd mix it up more. I, I you know, give, give, give you know each team uh, a couple rounds and and mix it up i, I like think it. that'd be fun yeah the one thing that i don't think we'll ever see again though is is the the helmet cam while you were talking in the mic riding <laughs> or riding out unadilla or steel city or whatever it was yeah. I, I would well, love I to see that again you, 
The only reason I did that is because no one, no one who's trying to qualify would wear the camera because it weighed like 11 pounds. <laughs> yeah. And now, oh, yeah. Yeah. And the POV era, you know, it's nothing. And everyone wants to wear it, but no one wants to talk. Yep. Uh, so I just happened to do it. But I guarantee you, Daniel Blair could do uh, – he would do – he would do a hundred times better than Cameron Steele. Put it that way. <laughs> um, but, I, but, but I think I still think I did better than Rolf Tidlin back in the day. Right. Well, <laughs> or, or Bruce Jenner. Does everyone remember when Bruce Jenner did it at Carlsbad? I don't know. Yeah, like wow. in '77, Bruce Jenner did it and, and did it on practice day, and the camera weighed like thirty pounds. It was on oh, the helmet. Wow. And and you can you can find that he him and Jim Lampley call the race and then. Bruce Jenner goes and does a lap, and Ooh, and um, I'll look that up for sure. Yeah, what what a weird weird uh, that that race t- turned out a lot different than we all thought, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you mentioned. <laughs> let's talk about Dylan Fernandez. He's coming on the show here in a little bit. You mentioned him. I just him. brought him up. I just brought him up. I'm I'm, I'm friends with him, but he's yeah. never been to Loretta Lynn, so I bet I'll love it. I bet he's looking forward. To you it. know what? That's funny. I'm actually I'm going to write that in my notes because he's coming on here in a couple hours. <laughs> I didn't even consider that. So yeah. Um, but yeah, what you know? What do you think about? Let's talk about Dylan just for a minute because he's moving up next year to the 450s. I think this 250 championship. I know it means a lot to him. He wants it. Um, I think you know if everything goes as we hope, we're going to have a heck of a 250 or just a heck of a series in general. But the 250, one I'm really excited about. I I, I agree. I I think that um, I think that man somehow the star bikes <laughs> were really good all year long, and I was talking to Eric Johnson about this, and then I. I reminded him, I'm like, well, isn't that what Jeremy Martin rode and Cooper Webb yes, and Aaron Plessinger? And, you know, and I mean, they've had an incredible run. And I think that, that, that uh, not only Dylan, but uh, Justin Cooper or, or Shane McElrath, and if, if he could stay healthy, Colt Nichols, all those guys will be in the mix. Um, Pro Circuit's hurting. Yes, uh, they are. They're, they're, they're all beat up. Um Geico, I think that uh, Jeremy Martin did the smart thing. His his window to get a 450 ride uh, kind of you know shut when he got badly hurt at Tennessee a couple years ago. And Sexton, you know, Chase moved in and sort of you know took that 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 ascendancy or whatever you call it. He he took over in the queue, and Jeremy kind of looked around and said, "If I point out there's no ride for me, I don't want to go. I, I'm not done." And uh, I think until they fix the system uh, that, that, that an athlete, whether it's Shane McElrath or Jeremy Martin or someone next year, deserves every right to um, manipulate their own results uh, because it is a regional class. You're never going to get paid like a 450 guy does. And we don't point out outdoors because it is a national championship. So people always forget about that and, they might look at someone like Dylan and say, well, he's, he was a GP rider for five years. Well, there ain't nothing in the GPs that's like Anaheim or San Diego <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. Or, or Houston, you know. And uh, so, so, you know, but, 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 you know, as good as Dylan is, and, and you know, if you watch some of like the, the Dirt Shark videos that he recently did, man, he's, he's just, he looks like Wyndham on a motorcycle. He, he's beautiful to watch. And uh, he he hasn't put it together outdoors yet, but you know, given given you know what it could mean with the 450 ride that that he's going to sign uh, next year, which I have no insight on. I don't know where he's going. 
um, <laughs> he he uh, he'll be tough to beat this summer. I agree. Uh, okay, so I want to touch on a couple more small things before we let you go. Uh, Racer X. First of all, really, really cool promotions you guys are doing. We I hear about it on all the other podcasts that uh, Racer X you know helps out with, including Pulp Max and Ouija Show and Main Event Moto. Wait, we don't we don't sponsor you guys. Uh, you don't. No, we. Uh, we'll do we'll do an advertisement. Okay. No problem. I, I like it. I like it. Well, you have this great you, promotion though to to subscribe to the magazine at a l- ultra low cost, and if you put in the promo code, you get you could choose between Mathis, Weeds, Blair, and a chance to win an e bike. I mean, look, you guys, it, it's really cool because you get so much amazing material, and I think it was only for at least last month for like a dollar or something to to subscribe for a couple months. I you know what I I haven't subscribed since uh <laughs> okay. it's, it's been a while Fair so enough. I, I, I don't know i i do i still subscribe to motocross action so uh um, oh, okay I, I i am a magazine subscriber but but i they they usually give me a racer x for free sure i understand well the, the, <laughs> how is the magazine doing it's doing good we're we're, we're uh especially in the, in this lockdown a lot of people are buying you know we i i heard this in the commercial <clears throat> we we now live in a delivery culture Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people are calling up and buying single and multiple issues, especially this Marty Smith cover uh, that we just did. The, the memorial cover. Yeah, it's, it's been awesome. But the newsstand, not, not dead, but it would take a hell of a doctor to, uh, <laughs> to revive it. it right now. As people, you know, stop shopping and grocery stores, uh, not grocery stores, uh, convenience stores, the, the, the newsstand's kind of gone away. But fortunately, we're a legacy title. Uh, you know, people seek us out because they really enjoy the stories that we do, and and you know, we're kind of like Vanity Fair uh, as compared to Newsweek. Uh, uh, yeah. But everyone everyone knows that the the website is where you go to get the news. The magazine's about you know, it's it's comfort food. It's 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 cool bitching, old school racing stories. It's uh, you know, we we like to think it's a way to remind people. Uh, why they invested so much of their life and their time and their and their and their their youth to to motocross? We like to remind them that that was a that was a good investment, and 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 this is the stuff that made it cool. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I, I like that. Uh, so I'm gonna put you on the spot. Of all your guys, all your guys that hit the races and write articles, you know, I, I'm gonna give you my favorite. Kellen Browers, my boy, right now. So I'm a Kellen guy. He's doing good. Dude. Yeah, I've, I've become a Kellen guy. By the way, congratulations to Kellen. Yes. He, he is now a proud father. Yes, he is. I, I should have said that earlier. That's Yeah, absolutely. He's a good dude. But who who do you, uh, you know, if you had the, the, the big story of the year, right, who's your go-to guy? Is it Weege? Or would you, you know, does it, Matt, does it depend on what it, the story it, is? That's, yeah, that's that's like asking me to, to uh, pick my favorite Chicago Bull. Uh, sure, <laughs> Steve Kerr. Dude, oh yeah, yeah. How, how much? You know what? I'm dropping. Forget my last question. How much did you love the Last Dance? It was. It was. That it, it was. It showed the brilliance of Michael Jordan. That he had the foresight a long time ago to say, "This might be it, and this might be important. This might be something that people want to see later." And then he said, "But you ain't releasing it until I say it's time." And and I read this article where one of the guys who works for Air Jordan came in the office and said, 
you know, Michael, we, we have a situation where we have kids that were signing contracts and they weren't born when you played. <laughs> they never saw you play. Right, yeah. And um, and he, and, and, and it, he, it started him thinking, and, and they had already announced before the COVID-19 thing that it was going to come out during the NBA finals this year, which were, which would have been in June and July. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when, when everything shut down, somebody at ESPN got a hold of Jordan's team and said, uh, right now would be really good. And if we could do it for two hours on a Sunday night, we would be really good. And in the end, those 10 hours of this never before seen, uh, real, like sort of mea culpa of, of who Michael Jordan was and who those those guys on the team were and and where they came from and what they put up with, it was brilliant and and I think there was a uh, I saw this one graphic where those shows were number one through number ten over the course of those five weeks oh, like I, in, in viewership. Yeah, everybody insane. I knew was talking about it. Even people that don't don't really like basketball or. You especially weren't yeah. maybe alive in that time period. Were just fascinated by him as an athlete and a human, and I, yeah, they did a fantastic job. So my my son was my son was devastated when Kobe Bryant died. A lot of people oh, yeah. obviously were, and, and 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 he always thought LeBron or Kobe, LeBron or Kobe. I'm like, <laughs> that's my uh, my kid too, and he will not yeah, listen. Yeah, that's a, that's a bat that's a battle for second. Yeah, you know the the, the uh, Michael. And so so they showed those highlights. Of the Bulls in the in the glory days of the Last Dance, and and um, it, my son was blown away. I mean, we watched each one of those Dark Side and Scott five, four times, at oh, least nice. four times. And my and you asked me about my favorite, my favorite uh, one of the Racer X guys. They're all good guys. They all bust their asses. And Wygant, Aaron Hansel, Mathis, Andrew Fredrickson, Mitch Kendra, Kellen, they all carried our our brand through the time when racing died until it started back up and they thought that was hard work. And then they realized how hard the work was when racing started back up <laughs> and then they knocked it out of the park in Salt Lake city. So all those guys and, and Daniel and all the contributors, you know, they're, they're uh, now Chris Kiefer, who, by the way, him and his son both qualified for Loretta's. Yeah. Did you hear, um, did you hear that story on Pope last night? They were talking about it. Cause he, I, I didn't, but I read it in racer head when he's talking about, uh, look, Loretta Lynn Heather? Yes, yes. She called in. So, uh, yeah, you need to go find that clip. Uh, I'll try to get you a timestamp yeah, because I'm a moto. I'm a moto X pod show guide. I don't really listen to the other. Oh, ones. dude, I am so cutting that out. Thank you. I'll send that to Steve. <laughs> um, well, I give you permission to check out that segment because he, they they are talking about Heather, crazy Heather. Uh, we love Heather. But Heather calls in, and uh, it, it, it was good. It was very entertaining. So, uh, and Travis I, Preston I, I, was in studio, I, I and yeah. Jason Thomas was in studio. So, yeah, good show. I will. So, so just let me back up before you yeah. clip me. Um, in the Chicago Bulls documentary, my favorite player for the Bulls was always Tony Kukoc. Oh, and I followed him when he was playing basketball in Europe, in uh, Serbia and Croatia, and I was blown away that they were bringing him on to the Bulls. And he went on right when Jordan left. And, 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 and the whole thing of how they treated him in the Olympics in 92 yep. when he was playing for Yugoslavia, I had no idea. I, I was blown away by that and just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And then one last Chicago Bulls story. 
So in the last run, or the last dance, they came, uh, Phil Jackson brought them to the Seattle Supercross that last year, and they had a suite, and this is when the race was in the kingdom, and they they told me, they're like, the Chicago Bulls are up there, you know, during intermission, go up there, get an interview with one of them. I'm like, which one? And they're like, doesn't matter. Whatever one you want. And I'm thinking, Jordan, Pippen, uh, Kukoc, I, I don't know. And I go up, and I knock on the door, and 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 no one's there, and and or no one's answering. And I hear them in there, and they're they're hanging out and they're watching. So I open the door, and Judd Bushler, <laughs> yeah. who was a bench guy from the University of Arizona, I think he used to be a beach volleyball player or something, like like looks at me like, "What are you doing here?" I'm like, "Um, I'm the." ESPN guy and he pushed the door shut on me <laughs> and then, and then he, he comes back on and he goes we, no we, we're not here to talk to ESPN I'm like no 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 I just I, I'm, they sent me up and uh, I said can I just wave at Tony Kukoc and Tony Kukoc looked around the corner I waved at him that was it that's and awesome I never Thanks. liked Judd I never liked Judd Bushler again after that yeah <laughs> you should have went for Luke Longley uh, I, you know what? It was it was happening so fast. Yeah. But I will say this. So, so do you guys have two more minutes? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So fast forward to twenty nine, twenty ten, twenty eleven. Uh, Jordan's got his race team. He's got Montez Stewart. They're at Daytona, and uh, I know he's there. And you know, and I never wanted to meet Jordan unless it just sort of happened organically. Um, it might have been two thousand seven. I take it back. Um, I'd seen him at a club a couple times at, you know, various races, but never wanted to, you know, like be that guy. Cause man, I, I'd, I'd, I'd have peed my pants. He's Michael Jordan. <laughs> and, uh, I just, I, I just I avoided it completely. And then my, uh, I get a call on my phone and it's my mom and she's like, Hey, Hey, Michael Jordan's there. I'm like, yeah, mom, I know I'm covering the race. And she's like, no, your nephew's Trevor. And 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 uh, uh, Tanner, they want to see him. They want to meet him. They got to shake his hand. I'm like, no, don't put me in that position. No, no, no. <laughs> she's like, no, you have to do it. I'm like, mom, I, I I don't do that. I don't ask for jerseys. I don't ask for autographs. I'm not doing it. She calls Roy Jansen, who was running Jordan's race team at the time, and says, my nephews want to meet Michael. And, and and Roy puts him in a bad spot, but he's like, you know what, Rita, for you, okay. And all of a sudden, my phone rings, and it's Roy. He's like, get your nephews, meet me at the bottom of the elevator in 15 minutes. I'm like, no, Roy, please. And he's like, no, come on. So we go up, and he's in Mr. Francis' suite. And mind you, this is qualifying for the 200. Right. And and Roy Roy, Roy turns around and tells me, he's like, and there's no one in the, in the entire Daytona International Speedway, but there's music coming out of Mr. Francis' suite. And he goes, look, he goes, they get pretty busy in here so just uh we're gonna walk straight to the window because michael's the only one who's gonna be watching the track and he opened the door and there had to have been 150 people in there there were people throwing dice there were people smoking cigars they had a pool table there were people it was it was a scene it was like being at the ultimate after party in vegas and it was like the middle of thursday afternoon (laughs) and uh, and i I took my nephews to the took my nephews right up to the window and there was michael sitting there in the front row looking out the window watching qualifying watching the scoreboard and uh and he he took he took a good minute and and talked to each of those kids and uh and and i told him who i was he's like yeah man i read your magazine 
That's cool. And I peed. <laughs> that is so awesome. I love it. That so is... one of our family family heirlooms is a picture of Trevor and Tanner uh, with Michael Jordan in the Daytona suite. And, and so I finally got to meet him 12, uh, you know, however many years it was after the last dance. And uh, it was pretty cool. That is awesome. you got to post that picture of Jordan on your Instagram. I, you know what? I will. T, isn't there a TBT or something like that coming up? Yeah, Thursday. Yeah. 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 I'll do TBT. it on Thursday. All right, Davey. Thank you so much. This interview was awesome. Uh, I think we kept you no, longer. No, I, I than... appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it... I appreciate I appreciate everyone's patience and what we're trying to do with, with the uh, the motocross series. Uh, you know, we, we, we wish and hope it could be as seamless as what Supercross did, but also open to more people. And, uh, man, you know, they're doing all they can to help us, and uh, we appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure that we'll be on another plan later <laughs> on. But, but for right now, for right now, I, I look forward to seeing everyone at the Ironman. Absolutely. I hope, Hopefully I'll see you there. I, I'm going as long as everything continues the way it is, and I'll see you in a couple weeks. Uh, but once again, right. thank you so much. And, uh all right. Talk to you real Good soon, luck, Davey. Good luck at Diamond Dawn's. Good luck at Diamond Dawn's. Dark side and Scott. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Right. Thanks, Thanks, Davey. See you, bud. Dude, how rad was that? That was pretty cool, man. Yeah, he is. He is the man, dude. I told you, really. Like, he's one of those guys. He's got so many stories that really you could just like we ask him a question and he's so eloquent and you know speaks so well and has stories and I, I never thought it would go to the Chicago Bulls, but that was yeah super awesome. Well, being my first interview ever, I was I kept thinking that I was maybe I should ask more questions or I was like I just let him go. Let him talk, just let man. Him go, yeah, he's man. the man. That was Davey awesome. Coombs. All right, we're gonna take a quick break and we're back with Brian Kranz. We all know engine oil is the lifeblood of our machines. That's why you need blood lubricants for the highest level of performance and protection. Manufactured here in the USA and designed to handle the heat and humidity. Blood lubricant oil lines such as Pro Elite Series, Pro Series, and the new Scorpion Blood will exceed all your needs. Whether you race moto, sprint cars, side-by-sides, or anything else, blood lubricants has you protected. Tests have shown that engines can run up to 30 degrees cooler while using blood. Just ask Chris Kiefer. DJ TJ and I trust blood lubricants in our machines so you can too. Go to bloodlubricants.com to order today. Don't forget to check out their chain lube, two-stroke pre-mix, polyclean, and many other products. Use promo code MOTOX to support the Moto X Pod show. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. If you're anything like me, you remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, all the cool custom painted helmets that you'd see on Supercross. Jeremy McGrath, Jeff Emig, Damon Bradshaw, all the top riders had custom painted helmets tricked out and I was super jealous. I could never afford to get one done. Now there's an option, extreme colors. When you're rolling up to the line with a custom painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1998 and his price is still the same. $295 gets you a professional, one-of-a-kind paint job on your lid. 
just contact Kirk at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com or go to motoxpodshow.com and check out the contact links. Now you too can have a custom painted helmet just like Jeremy McGrath and be the envy of all your friends at a reasonable price. Follow him on Instagram at x-t-r-e-m-e-k-o-l-o-r-s extreme colors. Let them know the Moto X Pod Show sent you. All right, our next guest of the night is brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, which has grown into the choice goggle company for many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, Jacob Hayes, Ryan Brees, John Short, and many more. Visit xbrand.com or just send me an email at darksidemx3 at AOL for pricing. I'll get you hooked up. But tonight, X-Brand Goggles brings us a three-time outdoor motocross championship mechanic and now a one-time so far. 450 Supercross champion mechanic, Mr. Brian Kranz. What's up, dude? Hey, what's happening? Dude, what are you doing with all that money and the women and just everything that's got to be, <laughs> like, I mean, you got to be swimming in it, right? Uh, uh, yeah, more Eli than me, but um, yeah, it's all good. I, I can't complain. Yeah, but realistically, dude, like, how great did it feel to kind of get that monkey off your guys' back? Oh, it's incredible, man. We've been uh, so close uh, so many times now, and, and to finally get it done, uh, it's pretty sweet. It really is. You know, uh, so much uh, work goes into it, and so many things have to come together to bring home one of these championships. Um, so to finally get it done, uh, it's pretty special. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot has been made at the press conferences and some of the interviews up in uh, SLC with Eli and he really was pretty open about like having to kind of get over the mental thing, you know, and really get his head straight. Um, you know, and he does, he said he didn't really know what changed, but clearly something changed. Uh, I mean, did you have to threaten him with his life or, I mean, what did you see with Eli? <laughs> um, the biggest thing this year was, was just, uh, eliminating, you know, that one or two really bad races. Um, but how do you, you know, do I that? Think, uh, just, I don't know, by being smarter on the motorcycle, being stronger mentally, you know, not letting um, a setback at the beginning of the race ruin ruin it for you, you know. It's, you know, we race 20 minutes, so you can you can do a, a lot in that time if something happens in the beginning. And, and uh, you know, he was, he was able to to be solid week in and week out. And, uh, you know, we, we were in a position to where we almost got it done even a race early. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I could pinpoint one thing that he did differently besides just, just be there and, and be, you know, a, a top five guy or on the podium or winning every week. Well, and, and along with the mental side, obviously is the mechanical side, right? You got to have a bike that makes it through the races. Uh, you got to have a, oh, yeah. you know, the clutch has got to hold up, uh, you know, everything's got to work. And I, I know as a mechanic, it's got to be super stressful every race, right? Your your rider's life is somewhat in your hands. Um, but coming down to the final race, the last race at Salt Lake City, like where are your nerves at? Where's your heart rate? <laughs> um, I was okay. You know, after that second to last race, I was actually um, kind of pissed off, actually, because I, I really believed we could have got it done, that, that race, and then went into the last round stress-free so yeah. i was kind of bummed you know with with the start and he basically started dead last and, and got <laughs> yes, up to second so it's like man if you would have had a, just a little bit better start we could have won that thing and and you know we could have basically had a 
joyride on Sunday for the last one. Yeah. Or, you know, or, you know, actually I was kind of hoping that he put Cooper in the stands with that cheap ass movie did in the first turn, but, um, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stay away from that one. I will say as an, as a general fan of the sport, I was glad it went to the final round because it's still, you know, it's, it's a little more exciting when you're watching home and there's still a championship on the line. So, but I, I know where you're coming from. I, I will say, I feel like you and I have become, you know, I, I would, I don't know that we're friends necessarily. We don't know each other that well, but we're, we're, we're cool. Right. And, and I was very, yeah, yeah. very happy for you. Uh, you've done, I'll, I'll thank you now. You've done so many things uh, with, you know, number plates and signs, pieces of stuff or different things we do. And um, we have a Eli Tomac super, super fan trivia contest coming up that you're going to you're going to give us some stuff for and that stuff means a lot to me as as a host of a show cuz you don't have to do that. I know you get bombarded with people wanting stuff. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, no problem. I I enjoy helping out, you know, anybody in, in any way I can. Um and absolutely. Um it's it's my pleasure, man. All right. Hey Brian, just wanted to ask, you know, kind of what we were talking about at the beginning. Um, do you think Eli having his kid and just kind of being that mental place, you know, he's got his, his marriage is going good. He's got his kid. Do you think that that kind of put him in for let that, all that little stuff not bother him or how do you think that played into it? Um, you know, I, I don't think that played that big of a role, honestly, because we were so deep into the season. Um, by the time he had his kid, honestly, I think with the season stopping when it did and him being able to be home and, and not have to stress about being racing um, for the birth of his first child. I think that actually was um, huge for us, you know, because that could have that could have played a lot on his mind, you know, yeah. being at the races on a Saturday night, and you know, his his shit's in the hospital ready to give birth, and he's not there. So, um, you know, not having to race during that time, and then you know, he had his kid. I think that that was pretty big for us. So then he he. Just once we started back up, he's able to just focus on racing, and that was it. Um, but as far as the big picture of things, I don't, I don't think that really, uh, that really played anything mentally as far as he's concerned. Yeah, it's interesting. I actually, I knew he was on, you know, going to be on pole last week, and I had one of our listeners reach out and wanted me to get a question in, and, and I never got a chance to. But I was kind of curious. You don't have kids, right, Brian? You're not married. Uh, I'm married. I have three kids. You do, do, I, I should have known that. I'm sorry. Okay, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I apologize. That's right. I do. I now that you say that, I remember us talking about that. Um, so, so that so that means we aren't friends. I guess not. <laughs> Jesus, I, I suck. <laughs> sorry, I'm an asshole. <laughs> it's okay. Okay, so we then you know that when you're out on the road and your your wife calls you and she's like, hey, you know one of your kids is he's sick man or she's sick and that plays on you like you're at work and you're man you know i i, I want to be there for my kid i wonder how my kid is so i kind of my buddy's question what was to eli like how you if you had to deal with that if your uh, girlfriend is at home and your baby's sick like that's a hard thing to overcome for a normal person in a normal job now as an athlete at the highest level of his game you have to be on point so like we wondered if that would play an impact now we don't know that because i guess it didn't happen but it's you know it's something to think about and it's really we were we were curious and i wish i'd had a chance to ask him about that um anyway let's get back to you and what you guys do um how'd you like 
being in, in Salt Lake City for that long uh, with a family, you probably didn't like it so much. But no fans, no media bugging you during the day. Probably a lot easier to get your job done. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely had its pros and its cons. Um, going there, I don't think any of us are really stoked, to be honest, to know that we're going to be you know, going away from home for basically a month. Yep and stuck in one place and, and having to do two races, two races a week and whatever. Um, but overall, I mean, I, I think it worked out great. Um, I think everybody, you know, I could speak for all the guys on the team. I, I think we uh, honestly had a great time while we were there. Um, you know, the, the workload wasn't as gnarly as we thought it was going to be. I mean, we got lucky because Eli wasn't practicing during the week. Um, right yeah so he was just he was just racing and then it was just about you know rebuilding the race park in between the races but we didn't have to you know go out to the practice track and reprep the practice bikes and all that so we actually had a, a decent amount of downtime and and we were able to get out and you know really enjoy utah and and uh spent a lot of time up in park city and you know i'm, I'm sure you heard from mathis all oh, the yeah. mountain biking stuff well you know we we were mountain biking every second we had so it was it was really cool and then awesome. uh, you know my family was actually able to come out for the last week um so they were there for that whole last week and they were able to be there uh when you know we won the championship and celebrate yeah. with us that night so that was that was pretty sweet that you know i was able to have them there to to enjoy that moment and live it with me oh i'm glad that your wife and three kids were there that's awesome yeah. See, see, I know that really now. Cool. I'm going to remember. <laughs> Go ahead, Scott. Um, I was just going to say, what is it like under the Kawasaki tent now that y'all finally have that Supercross championship? How much of a relief has, has that been? Oh, it's a huge relief. You know, like Eli's said many times, um, you know, the, the Supercross championship is is what these guys really you know this day and age get paid the big bucks for to go out and win and and get that supercross title and you know especially for us with monster being our title sponsor and they're the title sponsor of the series um it was a huge deal and uh you know every everybody is is just so stoked at kawasaki and and uh you know that you know, not just the team, but everybody around us, you know, the whole company is behind us a hundred percent. And, and, um, you know, it's, it's awesome to be able to bring it home to everybody. Yeah. What, what do you think the percentage is of, uh, you know, that of Vanessa not being there helped contribute to the championship? <laughs> now, does she still work with us? I don't think so. I, I don't think so either. I don't know. It's been so long since I've seen her. I'm not yeah. even sure. I mean, she's, you know, we will, I will say congratulations. I, I heard she's, she's expecting. So congrats on that. But yeah, I don't think she's part of the team anymore. So, uh, you yeah, know, if you need help, <laughs> if you need any help, um, I'm, I'm open. I'll, I'll come over and I could, you know, probably do her job fairly well. <laughs> yeah. No, but honestly, I haven't seen Vanessa in so long because, you know, our company was shut down for, yeah. you know, they still are really. There's, there's only a handful of people here working and, and then she didn't um, go to Utah, so I mean it's been literally months since I've seen her. Um, but you know it's, it's a bummer actually because we love having her around. She's a rad chick, and Absolutely. she's a lot of fun to to hang out with. Okay, so let's talk about this for a second. Um, Eli, he he gets the monkey off of the back. We've already talked about that. Three outdoor championships in a row. He's the favorite right now to win. I think most people feel like he's the guy, um, especially with Kenny's issues. 
Uh, he gets a Supercross championship. He's got that figured out, it seems like. Um, so he kind of talked about probably at least two more years he wants to race. Uh, as long as he feels like he can win, he may keep going. But foreseeably, or I don't know if that's the right word I want, if that's the word I want to use, but it's a possibility this guy could win eight more championships, in my opinion. Well, I guess it'd be – is that right? Two, four? No, I'm, I'm off. Six – I can't even do math right now. Five more championships <laughs> if he wins the outdoor championship uh, this year. Yeah, it'd be, Supercross it'd be the next more. two years. Nationals the next two years. I mean, like, look, that's it, – it, maybe it's unlikely, but, I mean, it's a real possibility. It's there. That This yeah. dude could set all kinds of records. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt he could. I mean, I, honestly, we should. this should have been our, our third Supercross title. We're right. wrapping up right now, but like I said, you know, there's so many pieces that have to come together to 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 win one of these things and to bring it home that you know it's it's hard to say if, if we're going to pull off everyone. We we definitely every time we line up, we know we're a threat to win. But you know, talk is talk. You got to get it done at the end of the day. Very true. You know, we don't know how many races are going to be. Like I said, we just got off with Davy Coombs and things are still up in the air, but. You know, I I, th- I do think Eli's the favorite. Uh, but like you said, anything could happen. You still got to go out and race. Um, you know, what do you guys think about? I mean, what, how, how, you kind of talked about it. The Supercross Championship is, I guess, financially for sure, sponsor wise, more important. But as a racer, as a you know, the man sport, right? A super or as motocross, th- does is there a difference in how you guys feel about that side of it, of just the actual physical side of doing the races, the series? Um, I mean, as far as I'm concerned and from my point of view, it's, to me, it's, it's much harder to win an outdoor title than it is a supercross title. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm sure people, people would argue me and saying that, but, um, as a mechanic, I mean, these guys are putting these bikes through the ringer for, you know, two 35 minute motos outdoors and, and there's just so much more that can go wrong mechanically, um, in that amount of time as it were supercross. You know, they're putting less than an hour on the bike a night, and it's it's really, I mean, as long as the conditions, it's not a mud race, the, it's super easy on the motorcycle, you know. It's, so it's, um, work-wise, Supercross is much easier for a mechanic um, than it is for outdoors. Um, but, you know, they're winning each of them is, is just as sweet. Okay. Sure. Scott? I know you're pretty much as with Eli, and then and Cianzarillo's probably got they got their own little thing going on. But what's uh, what's Eli and Adam's relationship like? And I know Adam's a big uh, friend with Rocks. And does that does that ever spill over anything, or how how does that go? They hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think I think they get along. I mean, yeah. it's not they're not like they don't like bro down away from the track. But I mean, we definitely we ride together when they're both out here and test together, and and. Uh, you know, as far as his relationship with Kenny, that's on him, and and it doesn't affect us in any way. Okay. You know, um, having AC riding out here is actually it's great. You know, the guy has so much uh, raw speed; he actually makes Eli race his game at times at the practice track. Yeah. Um, so he's he, he's a great teammate to have, and and uh, you know, I I hope just moving forward he could stay healthy and and uh be there for you know every race in these series we'd right. love to have more cowies up there it seems like it's it's always just us fighting by ourselves you know against all these 
freaking orange and white bikes, and and uh, we need to get some other color in there. There you go. I and I think I think that Eli and Kenny have a lot of respect for each other anyway. So it's not like they're, you know, they're not enemies. Like maybe maybe right now Eli's not a big fan of Cooper Webb, but you know, so AC being friends with Kenny is probably not a big deal in that aspect either. I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but and people probably come out with with pitchforks, but <laughs> with, with the the starts with Eli, is it just, is it just, it kind of reminds me of Michael Rocco. Is it just the way it is? And he just, he makes up his game or does he still try to figure out a way to do starts or is he just kind of let that be his game and just come back and be there at the end? Um, no, man. I mean, we, we work very hard at trying to, um, get better starts and, and be, you know, in that, in that top five group coming around the first turn, you know, we, we dissect the starts with video and data and, and put a lot of work and effort into it. Um, but, you know, it's just kind of been kind of his, his weak point, his entire pro career. Um, he's so hit or miss on his starts that, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to figure it out, you know, to, to be more consistent for him. I don't, I don't know what it is, but we definitely, we, we put a lot of effort into trying to, to get better at them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't hey, do, stop too much. <laughs> do you listen to Mathis's show, Pulp at All? Um, honestly, not too often. Okay. Occasionally, I do. Okay. Well, I know I texted you about it, and I I actually told Eli about the super fan Dylan. Uh, so yeah. I'm giving him a little shout out, Dylan Alexander. He's he's like a, the biggest Eli fan I've ever met or talked to or whatever. And I told Eli at San Diego that he had called into Pulp like the week before and. They asked him why he hadn't called in the week before that. He's always busy chiseling Eli's face into Mount Rushmore or something along those lines, which <laughs> I thought was pretty funny. Eli actually laughed out loud about it. But, yeah, so I'm giving a shout-out to uh, to Dylan, who's going to do the trivia, con- the trivia contest coming up pretty soon. Um, yeah, so outdoors, right? We don't know what's going on. We've heard that there's going to be a race at Loretta Lynn's. Uh, what do you think about that? Have you talked to Eli about possibly going back to Loretta's? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, it's actually kind of funny, um, cause I've never even been to Loretta's. Um, my whole career, I never really did much amateur stuff. I kind of just jumped straight into the pros, okay. um, you know, 17 years ago and, uh, never, never have I been to Loretta's. So, um, I guess it'll be cool to be able to go there and check it out for the first time. But, um, from what I hear, it's, it's not really, um, uh, pro national caliber track. It's going to be a different so, track, totally different track. Oh, oh, is it? Okay. Yes, well, I had heard that, yeah, and Davy Davy confirmed that that it'll be a much a different track. I don't know if it's going to be completely separate or if they're going to add on and make. But it's he made it sound like it's going to be a completely different track. So, yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, so it should be cool. I'm looking forward to it. I hope everything goes as planned because I've got everything booked for Indiana and WW so far. So. Uh, since I I got kind of squeezed out of the Salt Lake City thing, I didn't get to go to those. I'm yep. I, I'm ready for some pro racing and getting to walk around and mingle a little bit. Yeah, I mean we're we're excited to to get rolling here too and and uh, get this outdoor series going and and uh, hopefully defend our title another year. It'd Absolutely. Be, well, it'd I, be unreal. Yeah, to get I do. That fourth one, you know. Yeah, that's never happened before. Um, I, I just I find it very like I'm gonna go like 95 percent chance that it happens. 
That's where I'm going to put my number at. I think Zach's going to be really, really good this year outdoors. And, yeah. uh, you know, Kenny's going to be good at times too, but I just feel like whatever he's got going on is still going to surface. If it did yeah. at Supercross, it's got to outdoors, it seems like. So, uh, but it's, yeah, you know, sure. it's going to be good, man. And uh, hopefully at Indiana and WW, I'll have some donuts for you guys and we'll, <laughs> we'll see how things go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to some donuts in the morning. I'll have them there, man, if everything goes as planned. Brian, thanks for coming on, and congratulations to, I mean, a hell of a career so far and, and finally getting that Supercross championship. It's awesome. Yeah, thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. You got it, bud. Take care. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, see ya. Thanks to Brian Kranz. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Uh, I don't know, like, if – you get a chance to go to any nationals, or if you go to Supercross next year, you got to run by the Kawasaki pit and say hi to Brian. Yeah, I'm nice, gonna, nice guy. It's super chill. Yeah, it's yep. really cool. Yeah, I feel stupid for forgetting that he was married with kids. Um, especially, but, you know, yeah. especially right after you said that y'all were friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, but there's always something. <laughs> yeah, that it, I screw up every episode. It's okay, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm that way too. Yeah. So anyway, that was Brian Kranz. Okay, we will be back with Dylan Ferrandis next. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait, what what was that? It's the Supercross guy's voice. No, no, it's not. Sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs. Higher rev limits and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner, or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W-E-R-X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better not good, but better. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven dude Trey, I wear fly you wear fly too. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. All right, our next guest of the night is brought to you by Blood Lubricants. Visit BloodLubricants.com. Use promo code MOTOX to support the show. Blood Lubricants tonight brings us two-time 250 champion Dylan Ferrandis. How are you, Dylan? I'm good, thank you. Very excited to talk to you. Um, you know, you know, I've talked to you over the last couple of years, and I know you aren't always comfortable doing some of these interviews. Um, 
one of our listeners on Twitter today wanted me to give you a message, and he said, you, you have a huge fan base in North America, and he's not sure that you are aware of that because you do get a lot of the booze, unfortunately. But I wanted you to know that you do have a lot of fans, and they're really happy that you're doing these interviews. Okay, yeah, that, that's nice to hear. Uh, you, you should know that it's my first, uh, first podcast. Uh, I never did before because uh, yeah, just care that maybe the people will uh, not understand when I talk, and especially on the phone, it's sometimes more difficult. So, yeah, just a little scared. So, that's my first try. Well, I, I'm very thankful. I know your wife, Nastasia, has told me that before, and even Mathis today on Twitter was yeah. like, yeah, you know, he said he's asked you before and you said no. So um, I'm very honored. Thank you very much. Um, so first of all, congratulations. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I have uh, I've told you I'm a fan of yours. I think I love watching you ride, um, and, and I think you're a really nice person. So I, I was very happy for you. Um, can you compare this championship to last year? Do they feel the same? Is there something different? You know, what does it mean to you? Uh, to compare is uh, absolutely not possible because uh, the last two years were so much different. Uh, first last year I was uh, chasing my first win before chasing my first, champ- first championship. So first win in Supercross, and uh, so I had to do that first, and then uh, I did some mistakes during the year, and uh, in point I was kind of uh, of a little bit behind, and, uh, and yeah, I start to win and uh, second time, and then we arrived in Vegas and still. Uh, put some pressure and and it's more like I, I couldn't control it like I did the best I could I, w- I was uh, leading and I was going to win the race and like it was not the the, um, the championship was not in my hand it was only if, if AC was making a mistake or not so <laughs> he did and I, I was really lucky for that and, and, and won the championship and this year was much different like uh, I did control the, the championship. I, I was leading. I had the red plate. I had some, some points. So was really, I was controlling, and uh, that was a, a way different, uh, different approach and way different uh, feeling also. And yeah, kind of a little bit disappointed the, the way I, I ride uh, the, the the race in Salt Lake. Uh, I, I have everything to win, and uh, and I didn't. But uh, I mean, at the end, I won the championship, so that's the most important. Yeah, when. <laughs> When that last, I know you've talked about this at the press conference and stuff, but when, when that uh, first, the first part of the race, the final race happened before the red flag, um, was there any nervousness, any panic, or did you feel pretty confident that you could get to where you needed to be? Uh, honestly, uh, I was confident, not really panic, because I knew from from where I was on the gate, I knew uh, I will have a bad start and 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 be mid-pack, so I knew it was going to be a hard race, and I had to fight till the end, and and I was ready, I was uh, I was really ready, and and coming through, and, and then I saw I saw Austin uh, on the on the floor, and 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 yeah, that was that was uh, enough for me. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to move away from Supercross a little bit. We've been dealing with that all year. Uh, you you finally got you got two championships, but now I know that we've talked about this, you, you really want to win the 250 outdoor championship before moving to the 450s. Um, what, what would that mean to you, winning another championship, an outdoor motocross national championship? Uh, you know, Supercross, from where I came from, is really a show. It's really, we do it kind of for fun, it's something different. It's, it's really a show. 
And motocross is really is really the fuel of the sport. Is is really the, the basics. So when you win a motocross in in Europe or in the US, you you're just the best of the sport. Like supercross is is, is for sure really important. I I came to the US for the supercross because we don't have a a big championship in Europe. But yeah, motocross is still the the basis of the sport, and winning motocross championship is uh, is what. What we all grew up before starting to ride supercross, we all grew up with the dream of winning motocross. So, right. so for sure, it's really important. Um, I'm kind of lucky to be in a position with my two last year, adding two, two championships. Like I kind of don't need, I, I'm not in absolute need to win the the outdoors because I also show last year some good thing and and I I, I win some race and finish second overall fighting with the AC for the championship, but. I mean, uh, it's just that last year finished second was was so so frustrating for me that I just don't want it to happen anymore, and I just want to win it this year. And and this way, I, I will know that my 50 career is done, and uh, I accomplished what I wanted, and ready to move for 50. Okay, uh, Scott, you had some questions about outdoors. Uh, yeah. Um... I saw in an interview that you did that uh, I think it was a written one. You had talked about. There's something about Bud's Creek and something about Millville always seem to give you problems. And we were just looking at the schedule, and those are the last two rounds that they have. Is that? Yeah, well, Paula's the last round. Paula's but, the last but round. Bud's Creek and okay. Millville are it's both on the schedule as of now. Okay. Tentative, tentatively. Okay. Yeah, and that thing can change anytime. Right. Um, how did? What is it about those tracks? Is there anything you can put your finger on? And what have you kind of done to be better at those places? Uh, I, I don't know. It's crazy. These two races, the last three years, I never been on a podium on any model. Like, it's not about winning; it's just podium, yeah. model podium. So it's, it's crazy. Uh, I don't know why. I think uh, I think these two races, if you had a bad start, I mean, yes and no. If you had a bad start, it's tough to come back. But also, like Millville, the last three years was in the mud and it was it was really difficult. But I don't know because when I when I ride, Millville is my favorite track. Like the layout, the the, the um, all around the, the place is so beautiful. It's, the dirt is so good. It's just my favorite track to ride. But I never did any podium there, so that, that's crazy. I think it's just circumstances, and and yeah, the, the mud in Millville maybe never helped me. And, and but quick, uh, I don't know the start. I think I never get a good start there. And and this first corner is so crazy and. In 2017, I um, I crashed at the first moto stop. I broke my scaphoid, and my yep. season was done. So I don't know. Maybe I think about it. I don't know. I just. But last year I was riding. Uh, the speed was good, but just had to, to come back from behind and it killed me. But yeah, for sure. If I wanna to win an outdoor championship, I need to to do podium on this race for sure. Yeah, you you had issues with starts here and there, but at Salt Lake City, you've got a couple hole shots. It seems like working with DV the last couple of years, like you were definitely figuring that out. I mean, you had a couple of bad starts, but you had some really good ones. I see the improvement. Yeah. the thing is, uh, in Supercross, we, we had the metal gates and that's what new for everybody and for right. me as well. And, uh, I think the, the first year of the metal gate, I just try a technique that was, wasn't working. Like I expect to have so much grip, and and want to do a, a different technique to 
make it work, but it's never really work. And I think I, I lost a lot of time, a lot, a lot of time with, uh, with with that. And uh, and then we it, it, it came last year before before the the Vegas final uh, in 2019. I was like over to to a bad start, and we completely changed like my technique, some some stuff on the bike, and and it worked. So from that we. We tried to keep it, but yeah, for on outdoors, uh, I, I didn't have that much of good start. But uh, this year, I, I'm, I feel like I had a good, pretty decent start for every round, except the two first. Yeah. Because we, we, did, we did some mistakes with the team, like we uh, we didn't set the race bike. I mean, we, we how can I say, like, we practiced at the start. We practiced at the start at, um, at the training with a bike that was a little bit different than race bike, and we we didn't think that it would affect on the race day, and, and it did. So the okay. first run was just a, a mistake from, from me and from the team, and then we, we, we understand that, and we we, we, made, we made a change, and after that, I, I feel like I had some good start uh, all the next, all the next uh, race. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I want to ask you about a couple of your competitors. Um You've had some run-ins with Austin a couple times, um, and Austin seems to have run-ins with a lot of people. And then at the, f- the last few races uh, at Salt Lake City, McAdoo maybe unintentionally a couple times got into you. Um, but ha- having riders that are not your enemy necessarily, but s- somebody that you're not best friends with, let's say, somebody that you kind of – does that help you? in the competition that you make you want to beat these guys more? Does it even affect you at all? Uh, to be honest, uh, I, I never had a problem with Austin. Uh, he never did anything bad on me, and nev- I think I never did anything too, too bad on him. I, I have no problem with him. I, and to be honest, I have no enemies on track. There is no no one that I hate or I want, I want to beat this guy or whatever. Like I, I had some in the rough in GP, like some rider that I, I really want to be pretty even like. But here, honestly, I have problem with no one. Like I, I don't know what people think, but <laughs> I, I just focus on me and my race. And at the end of the day, the, the best rider win, and, yes. and that's all. And I think when when you ride motocross, sometimes for sure some aggressivity, some bad move, I want to say can can help. But supercross, there, there is nothing. I mean. The guy who has the, the best speed and the, the best physical training win at the end of the day. That, that's all. There is nothing you can do. You cannot you cannot do crazy move. Like when you slower, you're gonna get past. That's for sure. And and I I think that makes the supercross. When you race supercross, you you think differently. You you really focus on yourself and you stop about thinking emotional emotionally. Like the enemy is the guy that you want to beat. You just yeah, it's so dangerous that we all take so much risk that you just focusing on, on on myself is enough. If I even start to think about the other guy, it's gonna kill me. But yeah, the the incident with Makadu, uh, I don't know. <laughs> some, I mean, I watched the video. Uh, I saw the replay. Uh, you can you can for sure think that some sometimes it was not on purpose. I think, but at the same time, like. It's a game. We have a championship to win. Uh, my team, uh, team, they, they all want to win. And if they can have the second rider helping, I mean, I, I would do the same if I was team manager. So, so I, I can I cannot say anything. I, right. I just have to, to 
to start better and write faster, and and, <laughs> and that this problem won't won't happen. Well, you have a great attitude about it, Scott. You had something? Oh uh, yeah, that kind of go on the same topic. When you being in European, you've 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 done the year the GPS, you've done the Supercross and the outdoors. How does it feel being a European? in the u.s and and that industry and their fans and then vice versa the the being the american and the the european gp series how is there any kind of comparisons or differences with that i can't really talk for the american one the gp series because there is not much but (laughs) but you know now it's been four years that i live in the u.s i feel that my life is here now and i kind of forget a little bit that I'm foreign. Like, I live here. I'm, I, I'm every day with American people. My team is American. My sponsor, too. So I kind of forget a little bit to think about that. But That's good. It's, yeah, I mean, it's a tough question, for sure. It, it's, um, when I like when I finished the race at Salt Lake and I know I knew I, I won the championship, I was like, damn, I'm, I'm, there's not much, there's not many French riders who won two times the, the championship. It's so awesome. And, also, there is no no rider that wants to attend the West Coast Championship. So I was thinking about that, and then like when I I, I wrote to my team and and to all the people happy for me and and for all the work we done, I just forget that and just think that I just put the work with the people that that are my team and the people that help me, and we we work to achieve a goal and and we made it, and and that's all matters. You know, we don't. I yeah. mean. That's awesome. Uh, I, I'm proud that to be French. I like you know the nation with the the, the all the rivalry between the nation. But at the same time, I'm I kind of like uh, it's it's out of motocross that I kind of feel that we live on the, we are all human on one world, and that is more important than the nation nation or anything, you know. No, Thank that you. was. I don't that, know if you understand me. Yes, yes, that that was very, very well said. Actually, um, it's really sad. Uh, you and I, and even Marvin, have talked about this before. That it's. Re- I I don't like that the American fans boo typically the French riders and give them. You know, you don't deserve that. I like what you just said, and I think I wish everybody had that same opinion. You know, that you, it's we're we're one world. We're all human. I, I think that's fantastic, man. I, I really. Really like that. Yeah, um, I like that. I got a couple more questions before I let you go. Um, you and your wife uh, are very close, obviously, with Marvin and Matil. Not having them at Supercross this year was was that difficult at all? Uh, can you repeat your question? Not having what? Not having Marvin and Matil at the races to visit with and and as friends, Marvin Muscan and Matil. Uh, <laughs> the, the thing is, we. We don't see Marvin and Matthew that much. You oh, know, okay. We live in Florida most most of the time. I live in California. I'm Yamaha. It's ATM. I mean, it's, it's just we we both ran out of time to 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 take time to go hang out or whatever. So honestly, the only time where we can can see is on the on the in Supercross is during the the track work and in outdoors uh, the Friday before the race when we we had the track doing same track work too. So that's pretty much the only time when we saw Marvin so okay it's, uh, it's not like we we uh, we hanging out on race every time we we just don't have I mean it's already it's impossible we we don't have the time to do that okay i understand um so my last question 
outside of racing dirt bikes, what what are your pastimes? What do you and Nastasia like to do? I, I saw you went to Vegas and raced uh, supercars again. You, you enjoy doing that, but like, what do you like to do when you have some downtime? Uh, racing, driving supercar is not really a, um, a hobby because it's not something that you can afford uh, every day. But we're <laughs> right. lucky to to have a friend that owns the the, um, the place in Vegas, so so we can uh, we can go sometime and, and drive. But no, the, since, since we get in the US, we didn't have that much of hobbies. Uh, before in Europe, I was uh, I was doing a lot of BMX, some some skateboard and. And stuff like that, but, but since we move here, honestly, we, we have no time. Like there, there is so many race, there is so many training, there is there is so many stuff to do. And and when we have time, honestly, sometimes I just want to be on my sofa watching <laughs> TV and, and, and relax because the season are so difficult physically that the time that I have to re- that I have off, I just want to rest. But we, we do also like to go on a, on the beach and and I do some surfing so. Oh, so cool. that's something I, I like to do. Very cool. Uh, the wave are good in, in California and the weather too. So, so yeah, surfing is kind of my, my last hobby that I do uh, here in America. <laughs> awesome. I like it. Well, Dylan, thank you so much for coming on the show for a little bit tonight. Um, and like I said, it means a lot to me because I know you weren't super comfortable about doing it. Uh, I think it was a great interview, and I look forward to seeing you in Indiana. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I hope people will like it, and uh, if if they can understand me correctly, maybe I should do more. I do think you should do more. Absolutely. I think uh, I think when Mathis asks you, you should say yes. But I want you to tell him that yes, you like time. say you like me better, though. <laughs> nah, for sure, he asked me many, many times, and I always say no because just feeling comfortable. So next time he asks me, I, I, I will say yes. Sure. Awesome. Thank you, Dylan. You guys have a good night. Yes. Tell your wife I said hi, and we'll see you soon. Thank you very much. See you guys. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. That was good, man. I mean, yeah. you know, it, I think some people may struggle with the accent, understanding him a little bit, but I understood pretty much everything he said. Uh, very smart guy. Very. One of the things I think would be important with this, with him doing interviews, is people don't know him very well, right? Yeah. So the American fans that boo him just because he's not American, I think if they got a chance to get to know him, his personality yeah. – that they would maybe come to the to understand that he's a good dude. He works really hard. His wife is awesome. Uh, I think I think people would really start to like him, you know, or understand him more. Yeah, I think I th- I agree with that. I think that being the French guy, he just like you're automatically John Michelle Bale, Michael Pajon. Which even that I don't understand. Like, see, I told I told Marvin and um, Dylan at. What race? I think Tennessee two years ago. Yeah. We were in the tent, and it was shortly after Marvin had taken Eli down at what round of Supercross was that? Oh, um, six. It was it was New Jersey, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. So it was right after that, and like Marvin, it was getting flipped off at the Nationals. Yeah, and I talked to him, and I was like, even when John Michelle Bell was here, everybody booed him, and they neither one. They were like, really? They didn't know. I don't think that. That's just. We suck as a country, yeah. Some to some degree, I, I think it just kind of yeah. They everybody, it's like because they keep that country just produces so fluid talent yeah. riders, and they come over and they wax us. And I guess yeah. it just I don't know if it puts a bad taste in people's mouth or what, but I, I think you had to get over that. I think the way he answered that question was awesome. I we're, do too. We're, we're all humans, yep. And just you know, don't judge me by 
those things judge me by you know just being a human being yeah. I, I thought and that was incredible that's how you know if the world would do that so much of what's going on right now would wouldn't be, be wouldn't, a factor none of it would be happening right and, yeah. and and marvin and dylan are very very good people they're nice people uh they work their butts off and they deserve the fans respect and, and i've said this 50 times on this show but in that that race in uh, new jersey with eli and Marvin, if the roles had been reversed, that crowd would have cheered to yeah. no end. That's not okay. No. You can't have – like it's got to be equal. Yeah. And that makes me mad. And I'm, I'm super stoked that Dylan came on. And I'm going to text Steve and say, dude, yeah, you got to get Dylan on. He, he said he would do it. So that – um, but anyway, I, I'm proud that he came on. I'm happy. Um, I think that uh, that misunderstood video that they did for him, I think that changed a lot of perception for yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. Think, th- and that track that he was on – was awesome too. <laughs> right. Um, so before we wrap this thing up, episode one sixty five, we had Brad Smith on from Pro Taper a right. few weeks ago. You had a couple little stories. I think a couple things you wanted yeah, to bring up about just, Brad. He was talking about you know y'all were asking him what the coolest thing he'd ever done was. Yeah, the with the DC the DC shoe tire. tire. And I actually was fortunate enough where I was I was friends with him, and he, I came, I went over to his house and he had it sitting there, and I was like. I was like, what is that? Yeah. And he was like, oh, I designed that for Travis Pastrana. They're going to put it in the Nitro Circus show and not, or the, the, the TV show. Yeah. And I was like, are you serious? And like, it was just a really cool. Brad always had something trick. Every time yeah. he went over there, there was their bikes were like, I, he almost ran his own factory team. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's smart. Yeah. He was so good at those bikes. They were so dialed. And I remember I, I got to go with him to the Regal milling uh, place that he was doing it at. And I saw them putting the final touches together. And then a couple weeks later, I saw it on TV and Travis destroyed it in five seconds. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and it, it was just, it was just awesome. The yeah. whole thing. And uh, yeah, just, just being around them kind of was like, I always looked up to them. They were always like, you know, that was the family. Dad's cool, fast, yeah. kids fast. Yeah. So it was, it was cool. It was cool to hear him on the show and, and, uh, I've I've seen him a couple years two well, a year ago a year or two ago I got to talk to him so yeah definitely definitely shout out to Brad that was cool awesome well Scott I appreciate you coming in um, want to thank our sponsors again Torque One Racing Shock Socks All Sport Dynamics Blood Lubricants Fly Racing Power Band Racing for UWP guys a Cherubies X Brand Goggles Williams Moto Works um, you know what I'm missing a page here that I didn't announce earlier uh, Extreme Colors Helmet Painting. I missed earlier. I feel like there's another one I'm missing um, on my list. So, huh? I wonder where my, other, where my other sponsor reads went. Oh well. So if I forgot one, I apologize. But uh, appreciate you coming in. It was yeah, a cool show. I think on. this thing went well. Um, hopefully, it being a little out of order, everybody it still flows okay. Again, visit Patreon.com and don't forget about the Killian Auberson thing we're doing. Uh, we're gonna. Try to get some money over to Road to Recovery for Killian Auberson. If you guys want to donate, you want to help contribute, darks, or MotoXPodShow at gmail.com. We'll figure out how we're going to do that as far as we're going to give some stuff away, right, from AJE. We're going to get some signed jerseys. So let me know if you want to contribute, and that would be cool. And if you are an Eli superfan, if you think you can compete with Dylan from the Pulp Show, let me know because I need to get this trivia contest thing going probably next week. So I need another contestant because the original guy seemingly is backed out because he won't respond to me anymore. He may be too busy, but I can't get him to respond. I need somebody in. I just found my sponsor read. So, uh, yeah, just Extreme Colors was the other one. 
Anyway, all right, guys, hit me up, MotoXPodShow at gmail.com, Patreon.com. Support the show. Thanks to everybody. Scott, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, we're out of here.